is Castlin, and Always Acting Up is the podcast where I share all of my stories and journeys as an actress in the entertainment industry. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk um, with an actor from the UK, as well as we're going to learn all about We Audition today. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to my producer, Hassani Johnson, you guys who follow along on the podcast, who listen, watch on YouTube, give thumbs up, all those good things. This is for you. Cool. And like I mentioned, I have a really exciting guest today. He runs, he does, he does so many different things. And I have to admit, while I was researching, um, I was like, oh my God, there's so much information. And it was really fun to research. So my guest, you guys, he is an actor, a host, a filmmaker, a director, travel writer, and he is the CEO and co-founder of We Audition. Welcome, Darren Darnborough. <laughs> I say it right. Hi, Kesslyn. Right. Thank you for having me. You get an applause too. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I like to do a lot of like researching, uh, research on all my guests and I was, I, I go everywhere. I'm like LinkedIn, I'm on We Audition, I'm on IMDb, just so I have like an idea to make sure that like, I know what you're about, like some of your best, best things and you do so much. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I, I mean, you had a hosting reel with Wee Man and Chris Angel that I thought was incredibly entertaining. Of course, oh, thank you. we auditioned, so I'm excited. This is going to be really, really awesome. I'm excited to join you, yeah. And right now, where are you exactly? I am in uh, Honolulu in Hawaii. You're in Honolulu. Okay, yeah. Because when I was researching, I came across your representation and I was like, oh, Hawaii? But he's from the UK, so... How, how, how is that going on in Hawaii? Well, I have a representation in Hawaii and Atlanta and LA and yeah, I haven't had a representation in the UK for a while, but we're figuring that out soon. But yeah, I, I, um, I just, I've actually had a representation in Hawaii for a couple of years now, even though I didn't live here before, but I came here on a short trip and decided to, you know, get an agent and book a job while I was here on a little vacation. And so I, I carried on, you know, um, being in contact with that agent. You know, they technically represented me, but there wasn't a lot of stuff coming whilst I wasn't living here. But now I'm back living here. It's, you know, we've just picked up where we left off. So you are. That's where, like, you, you live, live. Like, spend a majority of your time in Hawaii. Um, that's where I have been for the last two months and will be, yeah, going forward. It, it's not somewhere I've lived for a long time. Last year, I was actually in Vancouver for the entire yeah, so I spent the pandemic in Canada. I do like Canada, but I have to admit, if I were to have a choice, it'd probably be Hawaii. <laughs> you know, you say that Vancouver's a really, really beautiful city and it's got so much uh, just stunning scenery and nature and just this great diversity of, you know, you have the, the bays there, you have the, the ocean, you have the beaches, mm -hmm. you have the city, you have the mountains. You know, it's, it's really quite an amazing city in terms of where, when people talk about LA and they say, oh, I can go to the beach or ski in the same day, you can do that in Vancouver in the same morning. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. You can go from the beach to the ski slope in 35 minutes. Yeah, I, I've only been to Canada a couple times and I admit I loved it, it was very clean. However, I just, I prefer warmer weather. And I just, just real quick, before we get into the questions and stuff, I know uh, Hawaii had a lot of flooding. How is everything? Everything's better. I just got a flash flood warning on my phone just as we started this interview, but, um, it's in the North Shore. So Hawaii, Oahu, which is the island I'm on, which where Honolulu and Waikiki are, very, very small, but the climate is so different depending on which side of the island you're on. So yeah, mm. there is currently flooding and evacuation just 
35 minutes north of where I am. But out here, it's bright sunshine and people are surfing. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at the news the other day. Actually, my dad was like, did you see about what's going on in Hawaii? And I was like, no, I have no idea. It's been it's been the worst that it's been in sort of 20 years, I, I think I read. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's lot, such a shame for a lot of those residents up there. And uh, Yep, people are doing what they can out here right now, I think. But it's so, it's so um, volatile here. You know, you'll wake up and the weather will be so gorgeous and then the rain clouds will move in in, in a second. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, as if as if times are not hard already. Right. So and then as you guys can tell, as you guys can hear, Darren does have an accent. And so you are from England, correct? Yes, from London. OK. Yeah. And so that's where you essentially got started with your with your whole acting career. And that's what I'm like. I need to dig into this. Like, I have to know what you guys are doing over there, because I'm one of those people who watch a movie and I can't get through a movie without going on IMDb at least five times. Like, I'm constantly like, who are they? They're amazing. What's going on? And I'm like, UK, UK, UK. And I'm like, so, OK, what is going on over there? In terms of what? What's going on with our industry or with Ama- life? Or amazing. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, your training process because I, I feel like much more emphasis on training as opposed to like here in the U.S. Um, as much as people say social media doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't it does matter, especially here on the West Coast. Let's just go back from the beginning. So what inspired you to get started as an actor? Um, I was always doing kind of school plays and performances at weekends. I, I was part of a dance class at my weekends, you know, when I was like five years old, that kind of stuff that you do just for recreational reasons. Um, and, you know, so I always feel like I enjoyed performing. Um, and then, but what really got me started on it in a professional sense, I went to a pantomime with a friend of mine. I don't know if you guys listening will know what that is, but a pantomime is basically a, a musical that's on at Christmas time specifically. And it takes a, a fairy story like um, Cinderella or Dick Whittington, sets it to modern music. And it's very, it's a comedic musical, basically. That's the best way we can describe it for anyone that doesn't know. Um, they're very popular in England. They're like what you do at Christmas time with the family. And a friend of mine took us to see it. And uh, the one of his family friends was in the cast. And we met them all afterwards. And they said, look, we have a drama group at weekends. And if you do the drama group, you get to be mm. in the show next year. And so me and my friend joined that drama group. And that's sort of what started me on that path. Because a lot of the actors in those shows were a lot older than me. you know. So when I was 13, 14, I was hanging out with people in their 20s that were on that path to being a professional actor if they weren't already or at drama school and things like that. And so I just got to see the industry from that side. It was all amateur, but it was a very um, professional cast, if you will. And a lot of them went on to star it. You know, one of the guys I work with, he went on to play the first Roger in Rent in England. So um, it was a good good bunch of people to learn from. And then, you know, because I did the shows, uh, I would do the plays and stuff at school and... I played Danny Zuko in our musical mm-hmm. Grease, you know, at school. And the key pivot point for me was one day my head teacher picked me and my friend aside and said, hey, look, my friend is making a, a PSA, you know, one of those government films it, on Thursday and they need some extras. And I thought you guys would appreciate the afternoon off school to go and learn how a film set works. Mm. And that was like a real, when I think back, I didn't think much of it at the time, but when I think back, that was a real key moment because that was a, a teacher really recognizing something in us and giving us an opportunity that we, we definitely wouldn't have had. 
and it was at the Natural History Museum in London. And, you know, we were just background mm -hmm. extras, but the guy that was the main guy was just, he's about a year older than us, so he's our age. But he had his own show on TV. He was like the star of a show that we okay. all watched. And we became friends with him on that day and we started hanging out after that we'd go you know go and hang out because he was from our area as well um or not far from our area anyway and he once says you know you should come to my drama class in the evenings i go to this drama class and you you guys should come along um and that was also his agent that ran that class and we didn't really know what an agent was so we ran, went along to this class and i remember sitting there thinking oh well there's some there's some people off tv here this is mm -hmm, really cool yeah you know, yeah. it, that was the sort of difference between doing it as a hobby and, oh, these are people that actually make a living doing this. Um, and after, you know, the, that class had gone on and we'd got up and done a couple of scenes or whatever, the agent asked me if, you know, I wanted to be represented by them. And I was like, uh, what does mm -hmm. that mean? <laughs> and she said, you know, going, I, you just get some photographs and send to me. And I was so skeptical. I was from a small North London town where, you know, people didn't become actors for mm -hmm. a living. And um, I, I thought she meant, you know, let's get some expensive headshots. And I, I'd heard these stories and she said, no, just get your mum to take a couple of pictures and bring them in. And when, when we start booking work, we'll get you the expensive photos, but just get me a couple of snapshots. So I did that. And uh, a few weeks later, I booked a commercial um, for That's Dr. Amazing. Pepper. I got, you know, I had a chauffeur come and pick me up in a nice car. I spent the day at a very famous film studio's had lunch with a famous actor and worked on this commercial, which ended up being quite a big one and got paid a, a nice chunk of money. And I was like, wow, this could be a, a, a career. This is like for real. And I guess that at that point I was like, right, this is something I could definitely do. And of course it took me another 40 auditions to book my next yeah. job. I thought if I can book every second audition, because the first one I got close to the second one I booked, but you know, it doesn't work yeah. like that. <laughs> But I stayed with that agent for some some time, actually. Yeah, I, you know what? It's funny. I actually booked with this one particular casting director. It was my very first booking with her. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got so lucky. And so in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to book the next one. I'm going to book the next one. And I know it just doesn't quite happen that way. That's cool because I didn't know about pantomime. Like, I think when we just see pantomime, we see like in cartoons of people doing this, 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 this. But I didn't think I ever realized that it was actually like a play of a tradition of some sort yeah so that that's mime what you're talking about pantomime is oh not mime it's all oh it's literally like a musical it's like a play with music mm. right so it's not it's usually not um original music they put interspersed pop songs in it of the of the moment or some classic hits and the the real difference with pantomime is you play it to the audience so you break the fourth wall all the time. You get the audience involved. The audience are allowed to boo and cheer and they're allowed to tell the, the good guy that the bad guy's behind him. It's all encouraged. Some, uh, at some point in a pantomime, you will get a bunch of kids up on stage to be in the show with you. So it has these very specific conventions okay. that uh, and usually in British pantomime, although this has changed in recent years, the main male character was always played by a woman. And the comical female character, like the uh, old grandma, was always played by a man. Wow, that's so cool. Now I'm going to have to like go and do a little bit of researching because I 
I honestly just thought they were the exact same things. Right. No, it's it's pretty fun, but it's very specific. It's like I said, it's always fairy tale. Yeah. You but... know what? Little little side note for you guys, because I am here in Vegas, and I know this is a little off topic. But when you mentioned that the audience, uh, you break the fourth wall, and and people interact, my first thought, God, this is so inappropriate. My first thought was, yeah, sounds like a Vegas uh, male review show when they do their performance and then they interact, <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, maybe I shouldn't say that. Kind of is like that, but with, with ridiculous costumes. Oh my on, yeah. God. <laughs> so, okay, great. I'm going to go back to the, my podcast now. So once you got, you know, your, your career was going, did you ever hop into like yeah. a conservatory or how did your training sort of begin? Because I, I need to get really into this. Well, yeah, it's a little different for me than it is for many people, actually, because I was already doing extracurricular training outside of school. So I was going to drama class at weekends from age 11. Um, and I was studying at school as well. And then once I started working, I was going to drama class a couple of weeknights as well. Um, but, you know, these were ones that were put on by my agent or different teachers that, that I would seek out. Um, then when it got to the, the time when I would go to university or drama school, I actually opted for university because I wanted to get a conventional degree mm -hmm. rather than a diploma because I just wanted that I, I guess in my mind I was always thinking plan b I just wanted a traditional degree because I felt like that would offer me more opportunities outside of acting should right. I need it so I went to, to university to study acting okay um but after a few weeks on the acting course I was getting really bored because the particular university I went to it had a very highly regarded mm -hmm. acting course but you didn't need any acting experience to apply for it. So a lot of people that were in that course, you know, were at different levels. And I just realized we were going over a lot of the stuff that I've been doing for years. And at some point it would get more deep, but I wondered if I'd last that distance. So I decided to change to the film course. Oh, okay. And I'm kind of really glad I did because getting that knowledge behind the camera while still pursuing my acting outside of university in a professional sense, um, was really, really helpful to me um, to understand all aspects of the mm. film set. Um, but the other reason was as well, when I applied for drama schools, they would all tell me that I would have to stop working or I'd have to quit my agency. Mm. And I remember saying, why would I come, to, you know, obviously I want the training, but why would I lose what I've already built up in order to go and get the training? Right. And, you know, I, was, I think I was, just, I was just scared because I, was, I knew so many actors that were older, as I said, and I knew so many that couldn't find an agent or couldn't get a job that the thought of me saying to my agent, I, I have to quit the agency mm -hmm. and I have to drop you and I'm not allowed to audition for three straight years. I, I just thought to myself, well, I might come out a better actor, but then what if I can't get an agent when I get out? What if I can't get a job? So I opted for the, the path of carrying on with university mm -hmm. learning and still auditioning. And I, I still booked acting jobs all the way through university. Okay. Well. So when you say you chose a university over drama school, this is after, so we have, we have, you know, we have elementary school, middle school and high school, and then we go off to college or university. Drama school would essentially just be, yeah. you don't do any general education classes, no science, no math. It's literally just drama, uh, just theater. Well, yes, but then we don't do that in university either. You know how you guys pick a major and then you have all these yeah. su supplementary subjects? We don't do that. We Whatever we study, when I say I did a film degree, that's all I did for three years was film. Um, so our university specialize in a subject. You might be able to 
you know do some some kind of small extra subjects here and there now but it doesn't work the same way when i went to my friend's university in new jersey i was amazed at all these different courses she was mm-hmm. doing i was like wait what is your focus yeah you have your majors and minors we don't do that so the way that uk school system works we are allowed to leave school at 16 so we do broad amount of subjects until we're mm-hmm. 14 at 14 we pick a few subjects i think you pick five subjects to concentrate on and at 16 you can leave that's when you graduate wow. school now you can go out into the big wide world and get a job at that point that's the legal age to leave if you choose to stay on you can stay on two more years at school in which case you you uh, focus on three subjects or you can go to what we call college which is uh you know not a traditional school system it's like an adult college mm-hmm. where you pick a specific subject or even a few different subjects for two years and then at that point when you're 18 and you've got that amount of education you can apply for university and universities have focused subject for one year sorry for, for a focused subject for three okay. years yeah that would be so much better um and i feel like here in our education system like you would say for example you're going to like a four-year school it's almost like your first year 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 and a half two years you're just doing general education classes and then you go into your specialized subjects so that actually this this is like clarifying so much information because i feel like you guys are so much more advanced and not saying that we're not like everybody's amazing but you're really just focused on one thing and you can actually start like you said at 16 which is awesome i I would really just love to really get into business right right away as opposed to taking all this extra time well and i think uh, you know for me a lot of the things i learned i the same as filmmaking you learn on set actually education doesn't teach you the right things and that was again my concern even it was even my problem with my my degree you know i i felt like i got a decent education there but i was working on tv sets during that time and some of the stuff we were being taught, I thought this just doesn't happen this mm-hmm. way anymore. And I remember having a discussion with my, my college lecturer one time because he was, you know, talking about something as if it was gospel. And I said, listen, I've just been working. For oh, he said to me, I worked for the BBC for 18 years, so I know what's going on. I said, I just worked for the BBC last week <laughs> and it doesn't happen that way anymore. So it, it's this sort of conflict of information. And one thing to mention on the drama school and university thing, the reason I said that I wanted to go to university to get a traditional right. degree is because when you go to a drama school in the UK, the, the, the subject is obviously very focused and specific and the training is great, but you don't get a universally recognized degree certificate. It's a diploma from that school. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But one of the reasons I was glad I got a traditional degree is it's one of the requirements to come and live in America and get a green card. Mm. Um, so it helps it helps to get a green card to have that, that recognized level of education. Uh, I think some of the drama schools now have become recognized in that system, but they weren't at the time. Okay, wow. Um, that was actually one of my questions as well, um, but I'll, I'll get there in just a moment. So I know you did film as opposed to theater for your degree. What would be like, if, if you know, do you know what would be like a typical curriculum for say drama school? Like, would you do um, just theater history and then next class you do 
comedy improv then you do shakespeare do you know what the format yeah it's kind it's kind of like that yeah they, i mean they should they should be changing all the time as well they used to be a lot more focused on theater and i now think a lot more are focusing on film and television um but i mean i still hear from drama students now that they don't focus on the business enough which is uh you know it's all about the training and being excellent at your craft but we know that you know more than half of it is the business isn't it um, but yeah, it would be different modules. Like people, it depends on the school. It depends on the training. You know, like my particular film degree um, was, you know, about fifty percent theory based. So it's art and film mm-hmm. theory as well as practical stuff. Some schools uh, or universities are way more practical. You would make more films during your time at university than we did. Right, you know? and. Is there something that you guys do? Because I'm always really curious. I'm like, your accents are like on point. And sometimes I, I'll hear someone from, you know, another country doing like an American Southern accent or a uh, Midwest accent, which is kind of just different. Is that something you guys can like hear better? You guys just train like particular accents. How does that process work for you guys? Well, gee, I don't know, Captain. <laughs> I think that could be a little difficult sometimes. Um, you know, I, I just actually had a um, American accent class this morning. Uh, so we were on Zoom doing a, a class with my my teacher in LA, uh, and there are people from London, and and they're all Brits or they're all sorry, they're all foreign, not American, mm-hmm. um, that we met through our LA connections, um, and. I don't think it is easy. I mean, yeah, we, we, we try really hard. I mean, I'm thinking about the class this morning. It was mm. not easy. And, and I still don't find it easy. And I, I you know, I, I, I wake up every single day and I read a chapter of a book out loud in American accent because even last year where I wasn't doing that for a little bit, I, and then I started auditioning again, I, lo- I lost mm. it. Um, some people are excellent at it, yeah. And some people have to try a little harder. It, it is tough for us, you know? Yeah. But if you yeah. if you hear someone English that has a flawless American accent, it's just they've, they've worked really hard. It's not it, it's not easy. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if this is like part of the curriculum. Like, you cannot graduate unless you take a class in American English accent, or you have to do like X amount of monologues with an accent. Because so, they're so good. Like, I'm really good at listening to different accents, and sometimes I can I can pick it out, but other times. Like, that's really impressive. I would have never, ever guessed. Yeah, I'm, I think it depends on the school. So some of the schools would be more focused on, you know, film and TV or, or um, working in an American context and others would be very traditional and about British theatre. So, yeah, just think it depends mm. where you go. Okay, so I guess, you guys, we just need to study a little bit more. Take a, take a dialogue class. Well, well, no, here's the thing, though. You said, it, you said at the start that Brits are sort of better at that, but I... Having lived in America for so long, I don't think we are necessarily. Our training is considered by the world to be, you know, superior for acting Mm -hmm. coming up. But here's the thing that British actors do a lot, I see a lot, is then they stop training. They feel like they've got it, they've done their three years and they're good and they don't need to do it anymore. What I see, when, when I moved to LA, I was amazed at how often people were in class how often people worked on their acting every day even if it was just helping friends out with auditions Mm. or self-tapes in LA people are doing this every single day if they're acting in England my actor friends are not it's gotten better lately I think because the the market opened up more but there's a lot of 
you know, sort of resistance to training after you've finished drama school, well, especially when I was growing is up. Is it, is there not as many classes there like that you can just drop in or is it more just like there's a conservatory and then there's like a couple classes here and there? Because I feel like LA in particular, this is just my thoughts and my opinions. I feel like we don't have as many like conservatories and trainings. It's just class, 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 class. So maybe it's opposite. There, I mean, there's an abundance of classes in LA. Some are good, mm -hmm. some are bad, some are awful, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, there are less classes in the UK for sure. There are less, uh, but they're not non-existent. But there's probably less because people don't do it as much because they're not seeking mm. it out. It's and I think it's a sort of waterfall effect because there is less work in England, and if there's less work, you feel less active as an actor. If you feel less active as an actor then you aren't thinking about training so frequently. You know, one of, well, I know we're going to come on to We Audition, but one of the good things about We Audition is this, this daily training that yep. people are doing. And I've noticed British actors mm -hmm. are training more and working more because of a platform like ours than they were before because that community of people didn't exist that wanted to do what they, gotcha. they did. And now they're seeing how hard other people around the world are working, you know, mm. and it sort of wakes you up and makes you think, well, if I want to play in the big league, I've got to be putting the time in. Uh, something that Jennifer said on your podcast a few weeks ago, um, Jennifer Lynn Warren said was, you know, there's someone out there that's taking it at this time to chill. Trust me, someone like her is working every day harder. And that's, that's how I feel about it. There are people doing stuff Mm -hmm. every day that was actually one of my favorite things that she said um i don't remember exactly which episode it was but it, she's like just so you know there's someone out there who's working harder and if you don't want to be able to compete something along these lines but she's like i'm out there and i'm working hard so if you're not you're gonna have to be competing against me and i was like yes yeah that's it yeah. and so once you say for example you graduate your university in three years i feel like i heard this somewhere are there more opportunities like for agent nights and representation or is it still sort of the same process of getting work because i feel like i had heard somewhere that agents you guys have like maybe like a what's it called like your final and agents are there and it's just a really good way to sort of get plucked is that true at all yes yeah, so all of the drama schools have uh, a showcase that was the, the word there where they invite agents to word. yeah they invite agents to come and look and some people do get picked up from that mm -hmm. yeah um i don't know if there's more than i haven't been part of the u.s uh, schooling system so i'm not sure if there's mm -hmm. more uh, i certainly know that that kind of showcase model exists in la for everyone they just wants you know pay some money and put up a piece but the the drama schools in the uk yeah they one of their big things that they do is bring agents and managers and cast and directors into that final show to watch yeah i mean what a better way to get new fresh talent is to go to these universities where they're literally like training 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 right and so what is it that happens what prompts an actor in the uk or i guess anywhere to leave because i feel like I mean, is it just that it's a really small country and there's not enough opportunities? I mean, I think everyone's different. Uh, I think the key things that would prompt somebody to leave is is number one, opportunity. Mm. Uh, just feeling like you're not getting the opportunities to do the kind of work you want to do. Certainly that was, I, I wanted to leave, when I went, went to Los Angeles, it was around uh, 2006. Mm. And I wanted to leave at that time because I was getting bored of London in general. And London's a great city, but I just, 
I'd spent my early 20s there, you know, I'd grown up there and then spent into my early 20s. And it just felt like I, I felt like I knew what was going on. I was involved in all the things I wanted to be involved in. And I felt like I was on a bit of a mm-hmm. hamster wheel. Um, and my life was really varied. Like, this is just a personal issue of mine is I, I like variety. I like, uh, you know, lots yeah. to be going on all the time. Um, but professionally as an actor, you know, yeah, it felt limiting. It felt like there wasn't enough things going on. I'd done three different small roles in the same show, wow. uh, which is weird because you can't do that in America. But at the same time, I wasn't getting seen for that show and that show and that show. And I'm thinking, well, how come I've done this show three times with three separate characters? But well, I really want to do mm. this show, but I never get. But then my friend gets in with this company all the time and never gets seen for this show. It just felt very closed shop. Um but ultimately, I, I moved for a change of lifestyle. Now, some people move because they think there's better opportunities there uh, in America or they like the, the work differently. Uh-huh. You know, I will say this about English work, uh, English film and TV industry, I feel it is either exceptionally amazing mm-hmm. or it's kind of mediocre. Mm. And so we have the big standout projects and shows that everyone knows, but then on a day-to-day level, it's not great quality. Um, and, you know, like here's to give you an example. When I, uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles, my agent in LA looked at my showreel and said, uh, my demo reel, and said, yeah, this is great. We love, love the work on here, but would you mind moving the student film to the end of the reel? And can you put the feature film on the front mm-hmm. of the reel? And I just started laughing because the student film they were referring to was England's biggest watched TV wow. show. And the feature film they were referring to was a student film that I'd shot that like two weeks before in a university in LA and like the quality of work coming out of this university. And that, that was on the front of my reel for when I, despite me having a show that 19 million people. Wow. 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 Um, and, 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 and along with that, cause I, I was curious cause we actually had a friend, she was a lead in a TV and, uh, yeah, she co-star lead supporting. She was like regular on a TV show actually in New Zealand and it was so funny because I was like, dude, you're killing it. Your career and everything is going so great. And the thing was, I, I don't want to bash anybody. This is just what, I, what I've heard, is that she wasn't getting paid enough as the lead that she was still having to take a job at like a supermarket or whatever. Is it similar to that there? Because I know we have SAG and we have our SAG rates, but... Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I did... Well, the thing is as well... Yeah, in English shows, the whole rates of pay are completely different. They're wildly different. Now, some of that is reasonable because, you know, when I moved to America, not only the cost of living is higher in L.A. than London, right? It is. <laughs> it might be nicer. We've got palm trees and pools in our courtyard, but, the you know, literally the cost of groceries <laughs> is more. The cost of rent is more. Um, but also something like health insurance. We don't pay for health insurance there. So you have to earn more as a as a, an, anyone not just an actor but you have to earn more but then this the residuals are ma- a massive difference the daily rate is a big okay thing. it's just all okay. it's all a huge difference english rates of pay are more sort of akin to non-union rates in america mm. I mean, i'll give you an example i won't name who because that would be unfair but i have a friend that worked uh, for a while in the us and he's also pretty He's pretty famous in the UK. I mean, he's a known name. He's not like A-list star, but he's mm-hmm. a known name. And he was getting paid more money 
for one episode of a TV show on the mm-hmm. CW as a guest star than he was getting paid to be the star of a show in England for six wow. episodes. Okay. And he was like the named star. He was like, if there's two names that the show is called, he's one of them. Okay. This all makes so much, so much sense. And it, it, it kind of makes more sense if you really are looking for a career and you want to be able to support yourself only doing that career, you kind of need a little bit more of a pay boost. Otherwise with, you know, being an actor, you can't, you can, it's more difficult to have a nine to five and just stop what you're doing, go to your audition, go to your shoot. So it really makes more sense to be in a market where you're getting, where you're getting yeah. paid more. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I, I was saying that when I was doing my research on you and, and the differences between the UK and the US, I came across this uh, YouTube video and Sam Jackson was like, you know what the big difference is? You got to pay us more, which I thought was kind of funny because I'd never quite <laughs> heard that before. And Right. Yeah. And hey, look, some people do earn really great money, but it takes it takes a while to get there. But then again, it's the same thing as the people that we know earning great money in, in England. Mm-hmm. That's great money for England versus what their counterpart would earn in the States. It's, it's nothing similar. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So in a sense, it's a very small market. Do you ever feel like you sort of, and I kind of feel this way in Vegas a little bit, I sort of feel like I tap out, like I feel like I've kind of done this all. Does it start feeling that way a little bit, being an actor in the UK? You know, y- yes, it does. But see, I can't talk to this properly because I never I never reached the uh, pinnacle yeah, in, that, in in England. You know, uh, yeah. it would be wrong for me to say, yeah, I felt like I tapped out because I didn't even get anywhere mm. close to technically i wasn't in the mix that much i mean i was auditioning regularly probably more than most of my friends and i i'd done work that you see on television but i was by no means like really in the mix there it just like i said i I moved for lifestyle reasons Mm -hmm. as well um Mm -hmm. but now i you know now i'm older and i know a lot more people who are in the in the market there yeah they feel like they're tapping out when they've reached a certain because unless you're James Bond or unless right. you're, you know, right. a lot of the British actors that that are doing amazing right now, you know, they like take someone like uh, Reggae Jean Page. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine. The guy from Bridgerton, mm. right? The, the mm-hmm. Duke. He, he was doing well mm-hmm. in England, but then he did an American show, Roots, which he was Chicken Georgian and he did an amazing job. So he, he but he was cast from the UK came to America to do Roots, then did a Shonda Rhimes show, I'm sure based uh, off the back of his performance mm-hmm. in that. And then Shonda Rhimes produced Bridgerton right. in England, but it's an right. American produced show in England where he plays a Brit again. Mm-hmm. So you look at that, he, he, you know, one, one could ask you if he didn't do the big job in America, would he have been up for the job there? He had the talent mm-hmm. all along, but perhaps it's the exposure in America that back the other way what, what I, I would suggest fascinating and so what is the process because i know it's really hard and i and i had this conversation with um, a friend from australia coming um, on this podcast what is the process of getting your visa or a green card or if you're lucky um, dual citizenship and working in the u.s or you said you mentioned vancouver yeah well oh. i didn't work in vancouver Got i was it. just living there um, but it's the same. It's the same as America. I, I understand. Um, the process is really. I mean, to you have to be legal to work in the country. Simple as that. Now, for America, the um, 
the visa that you need is called an O1 mm. visa. Uh, its official title is an alien of extraordinary Got ability. It. It's Got the it. visa that they give to. I always thought it was hilarious when people say, "What visa have you got?" Um, alien of extraordinary ability. <laughs> it sounds so like up, full of yourself. Um, but yeah, that's a a category for the arts, for sports, for music and mm. entertainment, right? And I think the last time I, I looked, they give about 3,000 of them out a year. So that's every sports person, every musician that wants to... So even a, a person that's coming from England, touring in America needs one of those visas. So there's no. not many really per year. Um, I remember there being a band in front of me in the visa line and there was 12 of them and they were getting a visa each just for a, just for a two-week tour. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty competitive. Um, and you have to basically get a lawyer, put a, put a case forward of why you deserve to be in the States doing I what see. you do. And that's a mix of your credibility in your home country. You have to prove you've done a certain amount of things. You have to prove you've won some awards, been on, you know, known shows with a known audience, uh, you have to give press articles. You have to get letters of reference from people both in your market and in the market you want to go to. So it's not easy. So I have, I have like mad respect for anyone that's got one of those visas. Um, I end up getting three of those visas mm -hmm. back to back. And then I applied for a green card, which is basically the same process, but more. Oh, so wow. if you needed, you know, if you needed to be on in three magazines, you need to be in 10. If you needed five letters of recommendation, you need 15. Um, it's just a bigger case. It's like doing a, some coursework for your university. Um, but then once you get the green card, you have like more rights to live in America. You, you're a permanent mm. resident. You, you know, get to be there for 10 years. Um, and you can work in any industry you want. There. Whereas when you get the visa, you're only allowed to work in a or, or whatever you've got the for visa the, for. For the, for the O1, for that visa, I thought that was 10 years or is that like only three years? It's a maximum of three years, you know, and they can decide. So like my first one, I got three years. The second one, they gave me a year. It's, it's up to them. Wow. And so that's what I, that's what I was thinking, that because there's so much more that goes into being able to work in the United States, there's so much, I guess, motivation and there's so much more. I don't know if there's pressure to really accomplish your goals, really, really, really act, book, audition. Otherwise, you've just wasted time, money or, you know, your efforts yeah the process is expensive that's for sure and it's time consuming so yeah i guess once you do it you really want to make it work but for me i, I just think it's the when i moved to la that it was the the energy the hustle like everyone's doing stuff there so that keeps you on your mm -hmm. toes you know and it's it is kind of wonderful as an actor to be surrounded by a bunch of other people you know it can be a catch-22 sometimes i would get frustrated or annoyed that everyone's in the business everyone and it feels like oh can i never leave this yeah, it feels like you just want to have a conversation with someone that's a veterinarian mm -hmm. or something. Um, but on the flip side of that, having that community of like-minded people that are doing what you love to do or what you are interested in, um, that's really special because in England it can feel isolating if you don't have your, your community, or in anywhere, sorry, not just England, but anywhere, if you don't have your community of, of people that have the same schedule as you and have yeah. the same... You know, it is a quite a closed shop of information. We have our own industry jargon. Not everybody understands it, which is Yeah, fair. you know, that was something I always felt when I was in LA as well. I always felt like 
that person over there or this person over here, we're all going through the same things. We all understand each other because we're all in the same business. But I always felt the energy of the city and everyone's trying to be a part of the business. And like the community, the the tribe that you're talking about, I, I really felt that there as opposed to that is a little bit of a struggle that I am dealing with here in being in Las Vegas because I there, there are people, but it's to a different capacity. It's, it's a different level that I'm really struggling to find that community that it's just something that LA has. There's so much energy of people just like you constantly at the coffee shop or <laughs> wherever you're going. Right. Which, like you said, it can, can get yes. exhausting or it can be liberating. Yeah. And yeah. what did you find? You said you moved from, from the UK. Where did you go? To Los, to Los Angeles. Angeles. What did you find was like the biggest difference, I guess, in terms of the industry or as actors between the UK and the Los Angeles? I mean, really just that. what we talked about, that everybody was working so hard, the opportunities were, were happening. I, I feel like everyone takes the business more seriously in, mm. in Los Angeles. Like I've I felt, because I've always been a, an entrepreneur as well. I like the business mm -hmm. side of stuff and I embrace it. Uh, and this is, this is going to sound generalizing and a sweeping statement, but in Britain, I felt like people concentrate on the craft almost entirely and they leave the hustle and the business out of it. And in, um, LA for certain New York and places like that the business is very much a part of it um, we're encouraged there's lots of resources there's lots of information and everybody everybody is fine with having to do the business part of it as well and it you know and it is important to get where you want to get to um, and I appreciated that you know I, I was drawn towards that rather than think oh it's an extra hassle right you know I feel like if if we would just merge, if we had a little bit more on the craft, they had a little bit more of the business, I feel like we would all just combine and have like the business smarts of show business plus the craft, which kind of brings me to We Auditions. And that is your company with your partner, uh, Richard Cambridge. Who's who, awesome. Shout out to Richard. Who's awesome. Um, how did that come about? Were you guys just like sitting in a room and you're like, you know what? Uh, it'd be really great if we had this website. Tell me about that. Well, not far off that actually so we actually uh had a third co-founder that doesn't work mm. in the business anymore but uh, it's a girl called jessica rose um jessica was one of the first ever youtube stars mm. so she uh played lonely what? girl 15. oh my god yeah yeah so there's a little origin story That's fascinating. and jess was a good friend of mine um and you know we would often run lines together and things okay. like that and one day she uh she called me and said will you help me you know mm -hmm. with this script and i was like i can't i'm i'm on set i just booked a, a job on mm -hmm. a sitcom I, I was on the show called two broke girls and it's my first american sitcom and you know if any of you have done sitcom you know that they can change the lines mm -hmm. on you in a heartbeat so they'd given me some new lines and i'd gone up to my dressing room and just wanted to rehearse and i said i can't she said well can you just get on like skype or facetime with me and I was like, really, I can't because I've got no time. I've got to mm -hmm. learn these lines. Um, well, then a little bit later, she sent me a, a survey that she'd sent to a few of our friends. And there were some questions about, you know, rehearsing through FaceTime mm -hmm. or Skype. And, and I remember texting her back saying, I can't talk to you about this now, but I, I think I know what you're thinking. And let's have a, let's have a proper chat about this because it's kind of wow. cool. And um, so we met up the next day and she was like, well, what do you think I'm thinking? And I said, we, I think you, you're 
thinking of putting together a group of people that are all ready to read with each other mm. through video chat. Because she used to rehearse with her mum in oh, New wow. Zealand. She used to get home from her evening job and, and Skype mm-hmm. with her mum. So she's like, yeah. And I was like, great. Well, I think this could be a worldwide community. And I have had experience building an international website before because I, I ran a company. I, I founded and ran this company called Stuck for Staff which was a community of people that worked in promotions and brand marketing, you know, like the pretty guys and girls that hand out free stuff. And that was largely actors and models in between their acting Mm -hmm. and modeling jobs. So I was very, you know, aware of how to create a web-based business that that was community-based and helped people get opportunities. So I said, look, I I think I'd like us to do this. Let's let's Mm -hmm. do it. Um, and we uh, were on the hunt for our our third co-founder who had to be a technical mm. person. Um, and, you know, I knew this actor very well in England that also was an incredible web designer that didn't want to be doing any web design outside of his right. own stuff, right? He, he he's, was a very successful actor, uh, and, but he just had this ability. And he's always said to me, don't ask me to do web <laughs> stuff. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and he, he just kept coming up for me. And I was like, ah, I've got to. No, he told me not to ask him. And in the end, me and uh, Jess were sat in an office. We'd, we'd rented an office on Hollywood Boulevard where we were like putting together the, the starting blocks mm-hmm. of this company. And we were, we were stumbling on this. Who are we going to hire? Who are we going to partner with? And in the end, I said, you know what? I'm just going to. He can say no. I'm just going to call Richard and see. So I popped up a Skype mm-hmm. chat. He jumps on the Skype and I was like, listen, here's the idea. He didn't even know what I was calling him about. And he just went, you know what, I'm in. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. I was like, why did you say that? He said, because I, like, my wife is at work. My friends are all busy and I, I actually need this right wow. now. I need this right now. So, yeah, let's do it. And that was it. We, we just jumped, jumped together and we... Uh, you know, we created that. And then uh, Jess moved back to Australia okay. um, and got married and, and started a career there. So uh, there's just the two of us that do it now. Uh, but yeah, the, the genesis is, you know, based in a first one of the first ever YouTube stars and a need for reading lines when no one's available. And here's the thing, you know, we all lived in Hollywood. We, we were not uh, unfriendly people that had no community. We all knew mm-hmm. a bunch of actors and we still found it hard because no matter how many people you know, finding someone in your schedule, yeah. finding someone with yeah. the right skill set, finding someone you haven't asked a hundred times it. already, yeah. finding That's someone it, yeah. that you know didn't, didn't just have some drama with their boyfriend or girlfriend at the weekend that you don't want to hear about before mm-hmm. your audition. You know, there's all of those things at play. And that's that's really what I I thought about the idea when we first started thinking about it. I thought it's not, that you, it's not one of those businesses you're going to need, but it's one of those ones that you... Th- once you use it, you're going to go, ah, this is an easier way of doing things. I can concentrate on my audition and my work and just hire the reader mm-hmm. when I need it on my schedule. When my lighting is right, when the leaf blower is yeah. not going, I can just jump on and do it. Yeah. Uh, and when, when did you, when did this happen? Like, uh, what year was this? <laughs> oh, it's 2014, which is so pre-pandemic. And look at that. Yeah, look at what happened. You know, I, I feel like it really just everyone, everyone's on exploded video chat during this time. <laughs> and this is the time, obviously, when self tapes are more uh, more popular. And that's 
kind of why I, I feel like you guys had like a huge push or at least it just came into my mind because I was always struggling trying to find someone to read as well. I would try my phone. I would be my, uh, my computer. I had mm-hmm. tried my roommate at one point who's not an actor at all back living in LA. And right. I, you know, I even highlighted and I'd like, read this, read this. And then she would be like, okay, uh, he walked the dog, beat and then she would say something else. She'd be reading the, you know, the dialogues and all this. And I'm like, no, yeah. like, I just can't get this audition done. And, and it is. It's, it's really hard, especially when you've asked your friends. Yeah, well, even even with that example, though, right? So some people, if you do have someone at home that can read a script, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, you hear cast directors say, look, it's not about your reader. It's about you, right? But here's the thing. My acting is better opposite another act- mm-hmm. yes. actor. Yes. So if I'm reading the scene with another actor, I'm connecting with that person better, then of course my acting's better. So why not give myself the best chance at their job? And I, you know, some people say, oh, I don't need to use We Audition. I've got someone that reads at home for me. Yeah, but are they good? Oh, they don't need to be good. It's mm-hmm. about me. Okay, are you the best you can be? Because I bet you act way better with a qualified professional actor that you do with your friend Dave. Yeah, I've actually heard in quite a few um, the classes that I've taken or um, some workshops are like, yeah, your your reader was kind of a little off there with especially with comedy and the pacing. It's just that they weren't aware that you had to be a little bit faster. And then the scene just kind of dragged on. And I agree if I would have had an actor who was more familiar, my scene probably would have been much more amazing than it was and you know an actor will enjoy it, that process as well whereas i guarantee whoever's reading for you that's doing it as a favor they have their limit they read it a few times then they're like they'd rather be doing something else because it's not interesting mm-hmm. to them but an actor reading opposite you they're getting a workout for their own skill they actually love reading scripts. yeah that was actually one of the things i enjoyed about it and I, and I definitely want you to kind of tell us all the exciting features about the website but i i agree just reading with other people sometimes is an exercise for me. Even though I'm not the one auditioning, I get just as much out of it because I'm I'm watching you, I'm learning, and I get to practice on my own. Right. So can right. you go ahead and uh, tell us about all of the features and everything we audition? This is your moment. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the main feature of we audition, you go on it to find a reader mm-hmm. for your rehearsal or self-tape, at, you know, and it's instant. So. If you went on the site right now, there's a bunch of people ready and waiting to help you from all around the world with all the different skill sets you need. So you can literally, let's say you get a script from your agent, you go on and you find a reader to run lines with, and then you go away and do your work. And then you come back and you find a coach to help you through some of that scene. And then you can come back and find a reader to actually do the self-tape with. So it's having a reader or a coach on demand whenever you want it. That's the, the number one thing. The flip side of that membership is that you also get to be a reader mm-hmm. if you want to, and you can earn money mm-hmm. being a reader. So you get to practice your skills and make money at the same time. And most actors, you know, we know need a second job, but now their second job can actually be acting. Awesome. Which is, awesome. Which is amazing. Um, outside of that, you know, casting directors hold auditions and meetings on there all the time. So you may have an audition through We Audition like you'd have a Zoom audition. Um, we also get casting directors holding general meetings where there is no audition. They're just meeting the members because they like them. They want to meet mm-hmm. new faces. Uh, we just had an agent actually te- text me two days ago telling me that he had an open call on our system um, back in November, so not even six months ago. And one of the people they picked from that open call to represent just landed a series regular. Oh, group. yay. Oh. So it's like, 
stuff happens stuff happens it's, it's real relationship building um and then there's a bunch of other things that help the actor with their their journey and their their community so we have a bunch of uh specific actor meditations yeah. on there that you can do before yeah. auditions or before jobs we have a big list of resources that we in the industry think are very helpful to people um there's a list of all the podcasts such mm -hmm. as yours that actors can look through and uh, learn from um you know there's just a bunch of different tools to help you do your job better and that's what we auditions really about community of people that are coming together to improve their talent help each other out and of course you know this is a sideline effect but everybody comments about the amount of great relationships they're making through because it's a bunch of working yeah. actors and you know as we talked about previously on podcasts like this your your network is your net worth really right it's like that's what mm -hmm. you are basically bringing into your career is the people you know are the ones that are going to help you succeed but also they're the ones that you you want you want them to see how you're progressing because we all help mm -hmm. each other out in the end. really community and relationships yeah actually i was talking to my friend jen jennifer lynn warren hey i'm gonna have to get her to watch this because i'm like yo we're talking about you this, <laughs> this whole time but that was one of the things we were talking about she's like yo you gotta get in there you gotta start reading she goes i have been reading and meeting people who are like huge series regulars just just helping them with their auditions and just talking yep. to them. And she goes, I'm learning so much. It's amazing. She goes, you have to get on there just to read. So I'm like, oh my God, okay. That's that's fascinating because everybody yeah. needs a reader. Like we all need someone to help us with these auditions. So I think it's fantastic. Right. And that's the thing is we do have huge series regulars on there doing that. So if you think about going back to my my analogy of, of when you're reading with somebody that is just a roommate mm -hmm. or whatever. There's, there's no opportunity to learn from them, right? Now, if you're reading with a series regular, they are as good as a teacher. They are as good as a coach yeah. because they've got hours and hours and hours of on-screen experience for you. So even whether you're their reader or they're your reader, you're going to learn something. Mm -hmm. And it's just good practice to be in a room with those people. And here's the thing. Remember this as well. If you're reading for a series regular, I know some of our members have not, not long come out of drama school and they're getting these amazing reviews from people on television. Dope. There's one guy that a series regular actor goes back to the same guy all the time because he mm. loves how he reads. Now, of course, this isn't guaranteed, but you, are you telling me if, if, it, if a role comes up on that show and this guy's right for it, that series regular can't be like, hey, I know a guy that would be perfect. For of course, of course mm -hmm. they can. When you're like three seasons deep in a show, you have that much mm -hmm. power to suggest for sure and that's you know it can't, it can't be bad is what i'm saying it's, you know what that's it's really inspiring and motivating just to hear and just to think of like the possibilities that could come just by reading with somebody else did you ever feel did you ever mm -hmm. anticipate i mean the goal obviously that we audition would blossom to what it is today you know y yes and no i have this theory that as an entrepreneur you have to be a little bit ob obnoxious mm -hmm. right and I use, I use that word in, in a, a loose term, in a loose way, but you have to believe in your idea if other people mm -hmm. don't get it to the point that you almost have to force feed it mm -hmm. sometimes, right? And it's just about having an audacious idea and being like, no, no I'm not saying like, I'm right. right, you're wrong, but you might have to say to your audience, you just don't, you don't mm -hmm. see it yet, but my job as an entrepreneur is to be a futurist, right? Is to say, well, you know what? 
you just don't see it the way i see it but but trust me you will now that can fall flat on its face it might not work right. and you might not now we we knew there was something with we audition that we wanted mm -hmm. to build it has gone through iterations and and ebbs and flows it's not the same site as it was when right. we first launched but the core product is the same the core thing is about people rehearsing with each other we were actually called we rehearse at the I start i can see that because we hadn't yet built the audition part of it and then once we built put auditions on there we we felt oh. that was a better name but at the start you know we saw it working and we like yep yeah, this is working how we wanted it to do but it just didn't catch fire in the in the way mm -hmm. that we wanted and there was a core group of people that thought it was the best thing ever ever and then there was 98% of other people that didn't even know it existed mm. right and we we did come to a point in the journey where we were like we can't keep doing it this is too much work to solve a handful of people's mm -hmm. problems um and at that point we nearly did close it down mm -hmm. or sell it and it was only in that process where i was putting feelers out for who might want to buy this right that we got some very interesting responses we realized there were people in the industry that knew about us that we didn't realize did and there was and i just thought no there's something in this we can't put it down right now we have to mm -hmm. keep going and so richard and i agreed to go full force on it we're like we've got to we've got to you know triple our mm -hmm. output because it's, it's either got to fly right. or die and luckily it's yeah through. luckily and i and i but it's through hard, hard work and pers perseverance oh, sure. a lot of hard work i believe you just this podcast is like so much work and, and i and i feel like right. it probably helped not that the pandemic is like good at all but like self-taping wasn't as big as it is now whereas people were you know they'd prefer to have the in-person auditions but now that we all need readers virtual and zoom and we can't leave the house like it seems almost like the stars kind of just like aligned your your work and your um energies meets opportunity i guess yeah i mean look it's, it's like what you say i, I actually spent the first few months of the pandemic feeling quite guilty that my business was doing better when other people mm. were losing their jobs until i reframed my mind to go actually no look at all these people earning money through mm -hmm. my website that that lost their yeah. jobs so i was like no we've got to work even harder to make this successful because we're giving people opportunity at a time mm -hmm. when they need it and connection and friendship and relationships and all those things you know we had a actress uh, tag us on instagram the other day that said you know it helped her with loneliness through mm -hmm. the pandemic which is mm -hmm. wonderful like i can't i can't think of anything better than getting someone paid helping them feel connected and doing the, the work mm -hmm. that they love right mm -hmm. so that's sort of driving force but the pandemic what it really did because you know you said self-tapes were getting bigger but i mean the truth is they, yeah. they always were for the yeah. for the good last 10 years self-tapes mm -hmm. have been a thing especially in a market like the southeast right atlanta new too. orleans all of that right anywhere outside of la and you know i lived in la and i still did mm. self-tapes quite frequently for casting directors mm -hmm. in la you know we weren't always going in the room but obviously a lot more was in the room um but i think what happened was in terms of the public consciousness because of that focus on self-tape and zoom auditions and readers and whatever we audition just became to the forefront a little bit more because it went from being something you like to use to something you mm, need to. Mm. Right. And that's that's the real shift is when it becomes something that's now it's part of your toolkit. Yeah. 
Whereas before we were a bit of an SOS. People would use us when they couldn't find mm-hmm. anyone else. But the interesting thing that happens is when you, a lot of people like a, they have trepidation about using Wheel Audition. They're a little shy or mm-hmm. nervous, or whatever. Oh, I just like to rehearse with my friend. Then they finally, their friend's not available. They use it once and then they're like, why was I rehearsing with my friend? This awesome actor is on the other screen and I'm having mm-hmm. so much fun. So it's one of those things. Once you try it, you realize that it's better. Yeah. But you just didn't realize yeah, that before. Yeah, I, I would encourage um, everyone to get on there and try try it out, see what you think. And I'm going to go ahead and plug my code real fast because We Audition is a sponsor of my podcast, Always Acting Up. You guys can go ahead and use code Acting Up 25 for 25% off the subscription. There you go. And that that's uh, forever. That 25% will be constant. Yeah, it's a win-win. So you basically, you you have your membership, but you can help two people out to read and your membership is paid for. Boom. Done. Right. You know, we, we have, and I'm not going to say this is for mm-hmm. everybody, right? But we have actors that I see earning a hundred bucks in their yeah. first day. What? what? And you're like, you just what? paid for your year. You just paid for your year on your first day. They put their beacon on and they get booked a couple of times and that's it. Um, and guys listening, if you, you know, use Kaslin's code, uh, acting yes. up 25, right? And listen, it really mm-hmm. is no risk because if you put in that code, you're getting 25% off. But if you don't like it, uh, you don't think it's for you just email us within 14 days we'll give you a, f- a mm-hmm. full refund and the, the reason we do that we want to be good to actors we we don't want to you know um be one of those companies that's this pressing actors mm-hmm. in the wrong way but really i'm just a hundred percent confident that you will love it and you won't yeah. cancel right but if you do want to cancel then you're not right for the community anyway so be my guest we'll give yeah. you your money back so there's no no reason to so jump off this podcast at the end and <laughs> yeah. sign up. I mean, and always 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 do what's right for you. I think you know you always gotta listen listen to your Jiminy Cricket, and if it's if it's right, it's right. If it's not, it's not. And and I mm-hmm. briefly I briefly want right. to touch real fast because you had mentioned that you're really an entrepreneur. I'm gonna call you an actorpreneur. How do you manage all of the different <laughs> things that you do? Because like I said, you're a host, which was very entertaining to watch your reel. An actor. Oh, especially the bits in yeah, Vegas, I, right? I saw that. And I was like, Chris Angel. <laughs> I actually got to interview him myself yeah. as well, but I didn't get to get that far. Oh, yeah, it was for... Um, oh, right. Yeah, you, did, you didn't get the tour around no, the warehouse. No, I, I didn't. Yeah. But well, maybe one of these days. How do you... And this is something that I'm struggling. How do you do all of it because i feel like what i was getting stuck with is that i was a jill of all trades master at none and i can't seem to either compartmentalize or focus on one thing at a time do you say i don't know six months i'm just gonna act three months i'm just gonna do this how do you how do you manage to do all of the different things i mean the truth is you don't do all of it Mm -hmm. all the time so you know i i have done a fair bit of tv hosting but it's not like i'm doing Mm -hmm. it every day and the hosting is, you know, that's, if we take that one thing, that's being yourself. Of, of course, there's some skill to it, but it's being yourself. So I don't need to do mm-hmm. hosting until I get a job hosting mm-hmm. again, you know? And so I've done a few shows and hopefully I'll do some more. I'm actually uh, putting together a pitch deck for a show here in Hawaii be- right now, which I would be awesome. the host of. But um, yeah, so I, I just fill my time in... And hey, look, I'm not perfect to this. I right. struggle with this all the time. But I fill my time in, in the ways that, that make sense given what's going on that day mm-hmm. or that week. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned earlier that I'm a travel writer. That doesn't mean I wake up and I do travel mm-hmm. writing every day. 
but when I've been on trips and I do write for some travel magazines and when I've been on trips and I, there's something I want to write about, I submit my article and they mm-hmm. publish it. Right. And then, then I put that away and that's it until the next time I get that inspiration or, or that, that, that um, request. So it's something I've done all my life. So it doesn't mean I do it every day. Right now, my, my main focus is acting and we audition. Mm-hmm. And that works really well because, you know, as an actor, I get my auditions and I handle them. Mm-hmm. And in the times between, I work on We Audition, which really helps me understand the market. I'm meeting amazing people constantly. I mean, I, I've I've talked to more casting directors, agents, managers mm-hmm. around the world in the last three years than I'm sure any anyone out there listening mm-hmm. has, right? Because I, I literally flew to uh, 16 different countries wow. and I met with the top people in wow. every country. Wow. In, you know, in Shanghai, in Sydney, mm-hmm. in Auckland, in Venice, I went to all of the major film festivals before the pandemic wow. hit. Berlin, Cannes, Sundance, um, and we ran events there. We ran panels with top cast. Mm-hmm. So that's still me doing the acting career. I'm, I'm, you know, doing my business on a super mm-hmm. high level. You know, if you're going to wake up every morning and read the trades, that's part of what I do for my acting and for we audition, right? So I'm getting this robust the business knowledge. Side. Um, I'm just trying to learn from that. Um, but yeah, then I'll focus on my acting when I need to focus on it. So like I said, this morning, it's Monday. I woke up, I went out and did my exercise and my meditation. And then I came back and did two hours of American accent class mm. on Zoom with my with my coach in LA. Um, then, you know, I've been doing some work on We Audition before this interview. This is now a We Audition slash acting interview because we've talked about I see, both. yeah. And I'll finish this interview and I'll, I'll get back on doing some stuff when we audition. We're currently building the, the iPhone app and we're putting some new features in. And so we work, me and Richard work on that every mm. single day. And mm. that's one of the reasons it's, it's so actor focused okay. is because we are both in the business. Richard is an actor as well mm-hmm. and a producer. We do understand both sides of that table. Um, but we're working on it every day. So when we see things that can be improved or we get feedback we're tweaking and adjusting so as a as an actor platform we can be really mm-hmm. nimble we can make those adjustments with what we see happening in the industry or in the career so it all kind of it all kind of fits into each other and it kind okay. of interweaves is the point um but on the flip side yeah i get overwhelmed regularly yeah you know i i've definitely had that struggle where i was just like doing photography and then I was trying to make this skit and then I was acting and I was hosting and I was working at trade shows and I'm like oh my god it's too much and I was like doing everything but like nothing was really like 100% into one thing and sorry I was was curious and I just had this conversation with um, another podcast guest um, Mark Comstock who is the president of SAG-AFTRA in New Mexico he's also an actor I was curious if you found that now that you have We Audition, do you find that your public profile as an actor has greatly benefited because you are getting to meet so many more people? Or do you find that people know you as the creator of We Audition? That's a struggle uh, because for a few years, I didn't want to be forward facing with that because I was concerned about like being the guy who runs We Audition versus being an actor. As the platform got bigger and more um, useful, I was more fine with being the sort of front-facing person, but also I felt like I needed to. I had to leverage my mm. own contact for the good of the community. 
And I think that's why we've been more successful is that we bring our years of experience and contacts into the community and help other people benefit from it. Like I give you a great example of that is uh, one of my good friends is the casting director of The Witcher. Yeah. Now I've known her since she was an actress. We did a mm. film together mm-hmm. many years ago. In fact, many years before that, I cast her in something How myself. Um, so we have a long, long, long relationship, you know. And during the pandemic, when it first hit, when all the production closed down, she came on to We Audition every day for a couple of hours and met actors on general meetings for free every day. Is for that two Sophie months. Holland? That is Sophie <laughs> yeah, Holland. I was like, yes. I've seen her name out there before. Right. And she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. And she, you know, she called me up and said, hey, can we do this? And I'm like, yes, can, mm-hmm. yes, you can do this. Right? <laughs> We'd love you to do that. And, you know, that's a great example of my relationships in my acting world, be using them to leverage for we audition. And that makes me happy. Now, in terms of am I seen as that guy or the actor guy, I don't shy away from being an actor with we audition. If I'm interviewing a cast director, I don't, I don't hide that. Because it is relevant to why I think I'm good at running this right. platform because I understand what an actor yep. needs and wants. Um, at the same time, yeah, there are going to be cast directors out there that see me as the wee audition mm-hmm. guy. And mm-hmm. I trust and lean on my agents and managers and my team and my my work and my whatever credibility I may have and my IMDb page to do that talking for me, right? Because I think it can, it can look confusing mm-hmm about what your right. focus is, I think, if you do right. too many things. And I've been guilty of that before, and I think that has probably impacted the early part of my career more. That said, nowadays, I think it's more acceptable for us to do yeah. more. It's, you know, but also, because it's in the same zone, I, I just think that... I come back to this this phrase of being audacious again. If a casting director looks at me and goes, well, you're not an actor, you're the guy that runs with audition, then you know what? That person's not doing their job properly because I have a resume, mm-hmm. I have credits, you can look yeah. it up, right? Am I the best actor yeah. in the world? No, but I've, I've got actual work on my resume, work that you've right. heard of. So it's right. like, if you're going to make a judgment based on that, then that's kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous, right? And I can't change that right. feeling, right? But what I can do is use my leverage and my credibility to help other people out. And that makes me happy. And that's building other people up. Then great. I don't mind. If I'm going to lose lose out on some things while I'm helping some other people achieve their dreams, then I'll be it. That's, that's fine. And the people I, the people that know me and know my work will, you know, will know it. And there's been a few, there's been a couple of occasions where I've been brought into auditions mm-hmm. that I've booked that has been a result of them knowing me through mm. we audition now whether i'm not going to say that we audition helped me get that job but certainly knowing the people put me front of mind they also probably knew you were a reliable person who is professional and will get the job done i find that nowadays everyone is sort of multi-hyphenated everyone sort of does so many different things you really can't just be i mean i guess you can it's just easier if you're a writer who also does this 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 and this i don't think the whole industry is what it was maybe 10 years ago when you were only an actor. And for myself, now having the podcast, I actually find it easier to communicate with people that I sort of have something to offer and I'm more comfortable as opposed to just like, hi, I'm an actor, hire me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I have something to bring to the table. So 
for me, it's been a little bit more beneficial. And I'm just more comfortable talking to people because, I mean, we all have one goal in mind, and that is to get the job done or tell the story as opposed to like, you have something I want, I want it, and I want it, and I want it. It really makes us all the same playing fields. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting point, Kathleen, because um, that hierarchy is something that I'm, I'm interested in breaking down a little bit more because actors traditionally they put cast directors mm-hmm. on these pedestals and be like, this is the person that can give me the keys to the secret that's of, of eternal abundance, yeah. right? And, you know, actually the casting directors are hustling just like the actors yeah. are. They need their next job just like yeah. the actors do, mm-hmm. right? And the whole process is a team, it's yeah. teamwork. One can't exist without the others. And when you start, you know, one of the things that's been great about We Audition is that I get to talk to people, whether it's at film festivals, whether I'm interviewing them on an Instagram live, whatever. I'm talking to them on a, on a peer-to-peer mm-hmm. level, right? So if I'm Darren with the We Audition hat on, I'm not Darren the actor that needs right. a job. I'm Darren the, right. the actor that also runs a platform that is genuinely curious about mm-hmm. the system. And we talk on a, a much different peer-to-peer yeah. level. You know, I attended the Casting Society Awards in LA where I see a bunch of the casting directors that I know. Now, actors don't go to stuff like that. The reason that actors don't go to those things is because... Again, I'm generalizing, but they can't be trusted not to push their (laughs) agenda on people, Mm -hmm. right? But if you don't do that, you'll realize that we're all just out there trying to make films. Mm -hmm. That's what we're all doing. You know, I actually never thought about that while while I was younger, that they are also trying to get the jobs and that it is a hustle for them, too. It just never clicked. I never even thought about that, which I guess goes along, um, along sort of what we were talking about earlier about and I say this all the time, it's still show business. It's a business. There's more to yeah. it than just acting in the craft. Well, of course, you have your A-list casting directors mm-hmm. as well that, that are like your A-list actors that get offers, that they're not out there yeah. hustling for jobs. And then you've got the ones yeah. that, you know, the cast directors have the same thing. They, they cast a big show and then no one's mm-hmm. hired them again. And you're like, wait, I just cast this big show. So it's, it's the same. If, if you just start seeing it as the same, you realize we're all just people with, with stuff to offer mm-hmm. that... We want to work together. And so that's that's the way I look at it now. And it's like, you know, if you can help people understand what you do and you do it well, as long as you deliver, yeah. I think. I think yeah. the problem happens is when people multi-hyphenate and they're just, they're just throwing stuff to the wall and they're not really, they're, they're just, I'll try this, I'll mm-hmm. try this, I'll try this because they're just desperate for some sort yeah. of success. Right. But whereas if you're committing to a couple of things, no one says you can't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Now, the other the thing I think you have got to be sure about, though, if you are an actor and doing something, mm-hmm. is they need to know that you are committed to that job when you get it. Like my agent knows that I will turn my audition. Right. Then my right. other profession is not s- such a thing that will have to always Fascinating. Well, this has been super informative and a fabulous conversation. Do you have any like last words of advice for maybe actors who are wanting to potentially move to the U.S. or who are entrepreneurs as well? Any type of words of wisdom you'd like to share? You know, nothing groundbreaking. Nothing. It's just whatever you whatever you want to do, you've got to at some point do it with you ju- you've just got to do it with, the- with passion, but with intention as well, and just get mm-hmm. on with it. You know, uh, there's a common phrase in entrepreneurship um, of it's not, it's not the idea, it's the execution, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
And that, that really rings true. Yeah? Like someone out there might be thinking, oh, video chat readers for auditions. I thought of that. Yeah, you mm. probably did. Good on you. I, I know 20 people that told me they thought of that, but none of right. them did it. And the same can apply to where you're at with your acting career. If you're thinking, oh, I, you know, I should get new headshots, mm-hmm. then get them. If you're thinking I should update my profiles, then do it. Just right. do it. Like Nike says, you know, and it's the people that get on with it. You might, you might fail. You might, you know, find different ways of doing things. Some of it might not work out the way you did it, but you're never going to know unless mm. you try. And mm. that's certainly the case in business. Um, and then the other sort of thing that's very sort of close to my, my heart in business and in acting and in anything is the the idea of community. You know, I build community based businesses, all of my, all of my businesses in the past or any kind of entrepreneurial effort I've ever done, I realized was always about building community. And I think that's something that the pandemic's really shown us is that's really important. Whether you've got it in person because you can have it in person or online because you can't leave your house right now, establishing a sense of community and people that can help each other out and that can share knowledge is one of the most important. So I would say tap into a community Mm -hmm. if you can. We Audition is one of them you could do. Or create a community yourself because everyone's craving that. Yeah, and just do it. I didn't invent that. Nike invented that. (laughs) It's so good, though. I can't take credit. And you can't copyright an idea, so just do it. If people wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to contact you to maybe ask some additional questions or to say hi or... You know, if if you want to contact us about We Audition... um, Yep, you can go to the website. There's a contact form on there. You can hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. We're we're at We Audition on all the socials. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, it's my name on the socials as well, and I have a a public Instagram, mainly pictures of pretty things that I do when I travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I always respond to messages and stuff, so anyone can reach out anytime. And you know. Like I said, it is me and Richard that mm-hmm. runs We Audition, so you will get one of us responding mm-hmm. to you uh, because we like to be customer-facing with that. We we don't give it over to random assistants that aren't part of the business. You're getting one of us when you... Yeah, guys, and they're, and they're actually really fast to respond to emails. Sometimes. Sometimes ah! we are. Depends how many auditions uh, we have true. that week. And, and for those <laughs> who are listening just on the audio version, it's Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N. So helpful for that so we're gonna transition into our moment of positivity here just a second so every every episode of the podcast i like to sort of finish off with just a little bit of moment of positivity because life is hard the industry is hard and i would be honored if you had i know i sort of already asked you what some good advice was but something that really keeps you motivated during hard times Oh, I mean, for me, what keeps me motivated during hard times, and I've had a few of them the mm-hmm. last few years, actually. Um, but for me, exercise, getting outdoors, waking up early and actually leaving the house, even mm-hmm. if it's cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Just get up and go for a walk has always been my I always feel better <laughs> after that. Um, you know, the, the, the regular stuff for me, it keeps me positive, healthy eating, friends, mm-hmm. you know, talking talking through your issues with people and uh, constantly learning and educating yourself but i have a moment of positivity for the Mm. industry uh because i know it's been a really hard year for a lot of people in terms of you know whether it's about the pandemic or about diversity or all these things that's going on one of the things that i've noticed when i'm having chats with 
industry people over like the Instagram lives and stuff the last year, we all, all the people that are in these positions of, of credibility or power in our industry, like agents, managers, cast directors, we all mm -hmm. agree on this. As hard as this year has been with production shutdowns and pandemic and all of these bad things that we hear about, I don't think there's ever been a better time for actors in terms of your resources, in terms of your leverage. You know, even though like we have a diversity problem, it's changed massively. There's never been a better mm -hmm. time for it. Even though we ha don't have in-person auditions, well, guess what? You That means anywhere you are in the world, you're now being seen for auditions. You might not have been five, 10 years ago. You had to be in one of these expensive mm -hmm. cities and drive your car all across town. But the main thing that I think to get positive about, there's just an abundance of learning. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started out acting, I had books in the yeah. library. That was yeah. it. Now all the information on the internet, the amount of casting directors that are doing live chats or mm -hmm. podcasts, like we never had access to that information. And now you're getting to know what they look like, what they sound like, and their advice. It's like just so soak it up because stuff is, you know, coming back as we know the the shows are starting again. But guys, you've never been you've never had a better amount of information out for you to do the best with your career that you can do. So go out. Yeah, I know. I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, if I just had like some of this information, like 10 years ago, it would have been like a whole different, I mean, I mean yeah. it really has just evolved with so much. Cause yeah, I, I read my information on backstage at the library because I didn't have a subscription. So I went to the yeah. library to read backstage magazine or a newspaper, newspaper, whatever it is, backstage or yeah. just whatever I can find in books. And now it's just like, let me do a couple click, click, clicks and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There it is. Right. Yeah. The, the information is out there and the people are out there and it, it's just, you just have this access. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, access and information. Is there any other uh, topics? Are you going to be on any TV shows or anything we can catch you on uh, in the meantime before we wrap up here? Well, the next thing that I'll probably be seen on or not seen on, as the case may be, is uh, it's a horror film I recently uh, wrapped uh, with. It's a new puppet horror. Mm. It's all done with lifelike, life-size puppets. I'm part of the cast with uh, Jordan Peele. Some of you may know <laughs> that guy's name. Um, you know, and some horror legends like Robert England and mm -hmm. Sid Haig. Or in that Hannah Mae Lee from Pitch Perfect. That's a really exciting project. It actually has been filming for a couple mm -hmm. of years. Uh, and then they managed to f complete it during COVID. Uh, so it's in the edit right now. So that's called Abrupt Show. So look out for that. that. So exciting. Uh, and I, I currently feature on a podcast as well, uh, like a fictional podcast called mm -hmm. From Now, which is uh, made by um, Reese Wakefield with Richard mm -hmm. Madden. Wow. So, um, yeah, there's a couple, that's a couple of things. Um, but I'm in Hawaii and I'm hoping to shoot some more shows. Oh, here. that would be amazing. Fingers crossed. I have an audition for one right after okay. this. So. Yay. Well, good luck. Crossing my fingers. Good luck to everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Go on We Audition. Check it out. Try it. Get information. Be a reader. Get help for your auditions and all that good stuff. Make sure to like, comma, comment, subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. And... Thank you, Darren, and I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for having me. Yay. Bye, Kasdan.